All right, and welcome back to another episode of Visionary Living, the podcast. Uh, my name is Rick, or Rico, Rico from Puerto Rico, uh, and I'm here with someone very awesome. Debbie, can you please introduce yourself a little bit for our, for our friends? Hey, everyone. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. I go by Debbie, and we are going to be talking all about Debbie Magic, which is where I support through all kinds of mindfulness modalities, from hypnosis to subconscious work and shadow integration all the way to energy work using different Reikis and Theta Healings. So I'm very much wellness practitioner, all about mind, body, spirit integration. Wow, that's really awesome. So today's topic is called Revolution Through Evolution, and I'm really excited to uh, dive deep with Debbie, as I've known her for a long time. Very powerful woman, very wise woman, and I can't wait to see what we create. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned. So um, welcome back to another episode of Visionary Living. Um, again, this episode is called Revolution Through Evolution. And I'm really curious. So Debbie, uh, why don't you go ahead and break it down for us? What are we talking about when you say revolution through evolution? What's your message and what is it that you want to speak to uh, today? So I'll start by answering that with a quote by Gandhi. And I might be paraphrasing, but he says, yesterday I was foolish, so I tried to change the world. Today I am wise, so I changed myself. My message is that life is not happening to us. Life is happening from us. And so a lot of what I stand for is us taking back our power, getting that we create our reality, and that a lot of our beliefs exist in our subconscious mind and are really creating our narrative. So my stand is that people get that they are powerful, that they create their story, and that ultimately they can manifest whatever life that they desire. Wow, that's, that's really powerful stuff. And, you know, it's interesting because um, I've got another show that I do, and it's called To Me, From Me, where we look at how the world is not occurring to me by circumstance, but instead uh, being projected out of my subconscious mind. So very interesting stuff. <laughs> I'm so excited, damn it, to have you on board. <laughs> how long have I been inviting you to do this? <laughs> so, okay. So you're, you're telling us a little bit about subconscious mind. Now, why is it important, do you think, for people to become aware of these things? My God. So let me start off by saying that I'm a woman of analogies. So most every question you ask me, I'm going to answer with some kind of story this one is about a woman that i actually worked with who powerhouse woman and i mean this like this woman was traveling the world speaking on creativity and doing workshops to awaken our creative genius and when i met her her conversation was still i'm not doing enough 
I'm a workaholic. I don't stop and I still don't feel worthy and I still don't feel ease and I still mm. don't feel peace. And what I found incredible was that in doing work with her, we got to the root of what was going on and it wasn't some huge trauma. It was a memory of her when she was four years old. She was the daughter of a single mom who worked two jobs. So her experience as a child of her mother was that her mom would get home exhausted. Mm. She would clean the house and then go to sleep. So this four-year-old in her mind thinks, okay, how can I spend more time with mom? I'm going to clean up the house so that when mom gets here, instead of cleaning and tidying, she'll spend those 30 minutes with me and then go to bed. Mm. And she even chose the book that she wanted her mom to read her. Mm. But imagine a four-year-old cleaning a house. It's probably not going to be very effective. So mom gets home exhausted, sees the house a mess, and instead of loving into daughter, gets frustrated. Mm cleans the house anyways and goes to bed disgruntled and in that moment the four-year-old made up a belief of i'm not worthy of love nothing i do is enough and my desires create conflict mm. and now here she is as a 40 year old woman living from the implicit belief that she is not enough mm. and so it didn't matter what she created in her experience she was still seeing it through the filter of a core belief that was limiting her experience and creating anxiety. So really you ask me, why is it important? Because we are our heaven and our hell. Mm. And this woman had created her vision and she was still experiencing it as her hell. She was still her greatest critic. So what would life look like if we became our greatest ally? Wow. And how do you think that um, this awareness will help people to shift that? how it will help them to shift their story. Yeah, from, I guess, that um, limitation and, and all that to, like, like let's say somebody out there is listening to mm -hmm. us right now and, and they, they are, bells are dinging off in their mm -hmm. head. What's next? What's the message that they need or what's the action they need to take? So the first thing is, please, please understand that this gets to be a process and that what's going on on a neurological level is that you are completely shifting your belief system so I want you to think of your brain as if it were a jungle. For most of your life, you have been building a neuro pathway. You've been building a pathway, which means you've been taking off different twigs, bugs, animals, so that it's super clear. And that pathway is the pathway of, in this example, not enoughness. Mm. So it's getting that now that you become aware of that narrative, yes, you get to see it when it comes up, stop it, and then shift it to I am enough. Why I say that it's important that you have patience and that you recognize that it's a process is because now you get to create a new neuro pathway. Now you're clearing off trees and shrubs and animals from this new pathway of I am enough. But with repetition and time, this old neuro pathway dies because you stop activating it. And now you've created a new pathway in your brain, in your neurology, that is now geared to I am enough. So now from a neurological perspective, you have altered the way that you perceive reality. And it's as, as immediate as, for example, you being at work and seeing that you have 12 unread emails 
in the past, the old narrative would tell you, oh my God, I'm not doing enough. Those are 12 unread emails. I'm gonna be anxious about it for the rest of the day. But if you've cultivated a new neural pathway that sees and scans for evidence of I am enough, you're gonna see those 12 emails and you're not gonna be triggered by it because you're not projecting the belief of scarcity and not enoughness. So uh, is there like a, a beer that I could drink that gives me a new pathway? How does this work? <laughs> this sounds like awesome stuff, but I guess how would, what modalities would I be seeking if I needed, if I wanted this experience that you speak about? So. A really quick one and incredibly powerful one would be hypnosis. Mm. So remind me to remind the community of where they can find some of my meditations and hypnosis for free. Mm. Cool. And it's it's all about hypnosis is about slowing down your brain waves so that you're bypassing your conscious mind and you're accessing your subconscious beliefs and beginning to shift them. So back to the example of the four-year-old little girl, what we did through hypnosis was go back to that memory, neutralize it, and create deeper self-trust. So one, hypnosis, guided meditations. You could also download the app Insight Timer. It is filled with free hypnosis and guided meditations. Oh, awesome. It's a, an awesome way to start working with your subconscious mind. Another is to start really noticing how you feel when those old beliefs come up. The reality is that we feel it in our body first before we become aware of the thought. So if you're telling yourself not enoughness, not enoughness, that usually feels like anxiety. Mm. So you'll feel it in your body first, then ask yourself, okay, why am I anxious? Okay, the emails. Okay, what about the emails is triggering me? That I'm overwhelmed. Okay, and what about the overwhelm that I feel like I'm doing so much and it isn't enough mm. oh okay so the root is not enoughness mm. so i would say jump down the rabbit hole when you get triggered follow that down to the root of what's going on and then get that your trigger is an opportunity for you to love into yourself not an opportunity for you to shame yourself so compassion 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 so what got you into this what, what had you so inspired or interested mm. in this topic that you decided to go down the route of hypnotherapy and and all of your certifications and experiences. So definitely caught me off if I start ranting because I could talk about this forever. <laughs> Good, and, let's go. And honestly, a big part of it was that I identify as queer. Okay. And my spirituality is also very undefined. I'm, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. However, growing up, I am the daughter of a conservative Baptist pastor and I grew up in a spirituality that condemned my sexuality. Mm, wow. So I, there's a saying that goes, the way you speak to your children becomes their inner voice. Mm. And, and in a sense, that was true for me because the voice that I inherited from my parents was a voice of not only am I wrong, but I am an abomination. So my self-talk was beyond critical. It was abusive. Mm. And I went through the process of conversion therapy, which only reinforced this confusion and this message of shame and guilt and isolation and overwhelm. And can you explain to those who might not know what conversion therapy is? So conversion therapy is used in a lot of conservative religions with LGBTQ youth, children, adults to try and convert them to be straight because it's understood that being gay is inherently wrong and sinful. Wow, That's, thank you for sharing that. 
So it, it really was a rejection of my authentic self oh. and not experiencing any kind of relief outside of myself. Mm -hmm. So going through all of the unhealthy coping mechanisms from drug use to abuse of sex, um, glossing over sexual trauma, there was so much within me that felt unsafe. And this, the mindfulness journey really began because I had no other choice but to become my own healer. Mm. Nothing outside of myself was creating peace or fulfillment. And it was either something's got to shift or I don't want to do this. And the process of mindfulness and spirituality and integration and healing has really, and, and I'm so grateful to be able to say this, it's gotten me to a place where I am my safe space. Mm. I, I, I feel worthy in my company. I feel loved. I feel respected. It's been a really long journey, but I discovered it within myself. And so my message is to wake other people to discover it within them because what's divine is inherent within us. It's remembered. It's not learned. Mm. Thank you for sharing that story. You know, um, it's always powerful to me to see people that are willing to be vulnerable and share their authentic history because not all of us have a very uh, happy or perfect history for that matter. And, um, and to get up here and kind of be an example using my life stories and my experiences is the only thing that we can do, I think, as human beings to, sh to share that knowledge, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So thank you deeply for, for that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's interesting. And so then you went what down the path of, of hypnotherapy and subconscious mind? Yes. And that's when I think like, life really is in response to us because psychology is what I studied psychology and poetry so mm. like <laughs> that happened and then in in continue <laughs> I giggle because it's like psychology <laughs> and poetry like talk about like little melodramatic woman like that is me <laughs> I exist in the deep end so it's always been fascinating to understand people and I think it's because my father is a spiritual leader in his own right and I don't resist his faith like right. whatever inspires you go for it and just don't try to control anyone with your beliefs right and my father was such a joyful man and he was also the saddest man that I've ever met wow and so for for me trying to understand my dad I think incited this desire to understand others mm. um so psychology began and and I remember it was very serendipitous. I was managing an office and there were hypnotherapists who rented an office there. Mm. And I got intrigued. A relationship began. They became my mentors and, and thus began my journey with the subconscious mind. Mm. And then it's really been adding modalities that support what I notice is coming up. So after subconscious work, I realized, whoa, there's a lot of ancestral junk and trauma that we inherit in our DNAs and in our energy bodies. So let me start exploring energy work. Cool. All right. Now I want to incorporate theta healing because that's working with the DNA system and the nervous system and also the neurology. So it, it, it started to expand pretty organically to where I am now, where all of these modalities have just kind of been added on and on and on as the need has arisen. Mm. So, I mean, I have a question because yeah. you always hear about all these different modalities, healing mm -hmm. modalities, therapies, like do you ever feel like maybe it's almost overwhelming how many options there are for therapies and healings? 
Like, how do we how do we speak to the market of people who don't already know about this and are seeking it? How do we raise awareness about this kind of conversation? Because I know what you're talking about. I've I've experienced my inner subconscious mind and belief systems, and I've shifted some in my my core being. And so, having that experience, it's not like oh yeah, I had chocolate cake yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> There's like a lot that goes into it. And the the actual it's for me it's almost like when I ride a roller coaster, and then when you tell someone about riding a roller coaster, it's not the same thing. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, you gotta try this roller coaster. It's like you go all around. It's like so it's like a car. Well, kind of like a car, but like there's like hills and loops and stuff. Okay, so like a bobsled. Like it's you can't. You know what I mean? No, just go on it. And then when you get off it, and you're like your heart's beating, and you got the fight or flight mechanism, you're like, damn, that was cool. You know what I mean? That's different. So how can we? How can we really say this in a way for people who are listening so they get the importance of this work? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I, I, mm, how do I communicate the importance of doing inner work? If you are feeling unfulfilled, anxious, overwhelmed, disoriented, and unsafe with yourself, I don't think I need to convince you that inner work is important. Mm. Because if you're walking around like if your life is a threat to you, that sounds miserable. Wow. You're constantly in fear. You can't let anyone in. You're isolated. You desire intimacy, but then you shut it off the moment it shows up. I don't need to convince that mental awareness is important because we are our heaven and our hell. Mm. And if people are listening to this podcast, I make up that it's because they're aware that something's got to give. Mm. And so the, the, the mental work, the inner work, there is no wrong way to do it. There is no one size fits all. And I do trust that people will call into their experience, the support that they need, whether it's start researching therapists, start going online and researching hypnosis and meditations, look up Reiki. Like we have an intuition and it is a tool. And we get to use that tool as a compass to guide us. So this isn't as black and white as, you know, if, if we want to talk mental health, go ahead and Google <laughs> and, and then you'll find it. Start being in the question and it shows up. Huh. I could not have possibly controlled my journey. Right. It happened because I took a leap of faith. I responded to my soul call that I wasn't fulfilled. And then life responded to that and it unfolded the way that it, I needed it to. And the mentors showed up and the teachers showed up and the experiences showed up. So pursue it and, and the response will show. Got it. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. It's almost like the mechanisms for what you need to happen to help you get there will show up only after our commitment and our vision and our drive. Yes. Yeah, totally get yes. that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So, um, so real quick, just want to uh, shout out to uh, our sponsor. The sponsor is Two Fear from Love. It's a webinar curriculum. It's 10 weeks long. Um, and you could be taking it from anywhere in the world. And it's bringing these leadership tools and distinctions to you so that you can grow and learn as a person. And it's also an accountability journey. So you create a uh, a goals list of what you want to create in a certain timeline and you have a team uh, work together to, to help you create your dream life and all the goals that you want. Um, and so with that, I want to shift the conversation. And so Visionary Living, the podcast is really about featuring guests to talk about a time in their life where they had a vision of something that they wanted to create for themselves and life maybe even challenged you in the process. Um, but in your journey of maintaining your vision, you were able to achieve and overcome. Do you have a story like that that we can that you can highlight for people? Yes. 
So I have always felt a desire to create community, safe space. Of course, given my experience of not experiencing safe space. Right. So the vision has always been, all right, I want to create some kind of platform where people can be their authentic self and connection can happen and community can happen and sisterhood can happen. All of that mm -hmm. medicinal stuff. <laughs> so I started a business with a business partner and it was geared all around hypnosis and it was incredible. Honestly, it, it, it soared almost immediately and that evolved into a wellness center. Mm -hmm. And, and as all of this was happening, here's the funny part. Like it was all evolving in the way that I visualized it. Okay. Here's the business. Here are the clients. Here's the location. This is exciting. Mm -hmm. And I was not fulfilled. Mm -hmm it was not what I thought it would be. And I realized that I had almost limited my passion because I said, it has to look like this. Mm. And I created, it has to look like this and felt very disconnected, which is when the breakdown happened. I feel like I created my business and my vision on a platform of unworthiness. Mm. Like looking back, I realized that I leaned on my business partner because I thought I can't do it. I need her in order to do it. Mm -hmm. I am not enough, therefore. So coming from a space of not enoughness and coming from a space of martyr, my value is in sacrificing myself for the well-being of others. Mm -hmm. So I'm building this vision. I'm sick. I end up in the hospital. What I find like it's it's a bit amusing is that the doctor came up and he's like, I can't find your heartbeat. I talk about being so disconnected from my heart that they couldn't find my heartbeat, which is ironic given that by all appearances, I had already built my vision and connected to my passion. Mm. And when I go ahead, no, it's almost like on the exterior, you, you seemed like you were living mm -hmm. a life of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. It looked great. Right. And I thought it would fulfill me. And so I created what everyone had told me it meant to be successful. Mm. And, and then it all went, to crap i'm talking the business completely dissolved things got really ugly with my business partner we had to get lawyers involved there was all kinds of shady stuff going on with the finances during that time my four-year relationship with my partner dissolved yeah. which meant that all of a sudden i found myself having to move out of our apartment had no idea where i was going left everything behind. So here I am losing my, and I kind of air quote losing, mm. losing my business, which was like my my vision, the embodiment of, of everything I had hoped for. And also I was quote unquote losing my relationship. So it really felt like a moment of losing everything that I desired mm. and losing everything that I loved. And and it was treacherous and it was overwhelming and it was disorienting. And I remember thinking, dude, maybe I got it all wrong and I shouldn't have trusted my heart. And this was ridiculous and nothing that you do works out. You have nothing to show for your hard work. And I, I, I honestly felt defeated. Mm. Like I felt like I had nothing to show for all of the sacrifice, all of the effort, all of the investment. Um, everything was chaos and and so I went to Spain to walk El Camino de Santiago. Oh, wow. I heard about that. And, and I think it's because this undercurrent remained of 
no, this is my desire. I still desire authenticity. I still desire connection. I still desire community. I still desire spirituality. Um, and I think in El Camino is where I released the attachment to what that vision looks like. Hmm. And when I showed up to a vision, to my vision from a place of, I don't know what I'm doing and I trust that I'm enough and I trust myself, Debbie magic happened. And honestly, Debbie magic happened with ease. And Debbie magic is? Is, is my new platform. So the businesses that I tried to create from an old model, it's now Debbie magic, which Got is it. me That's awesome. standing on my own in my worthiness, allowing myself to be witnessed instead of hiding behind somebody else. So it was the vision that sustained me because there were moments when it didn't feel good. And in fact, it felt horrible and there was no freaking evidence at all. So what was the vision that sustained you? I think it was twofold. Um, the first part is my vision and my commitment to my life gets to feel good. Hmm. It gets to feel good and it gets to support me. And I'm committed to experiencing and designing a life that feels that way for me. Hmm. The other part of that vision is the vision of people truly, 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 soulfully getting their power, their worth, and feeling like they are worthy of their desires that they are safe in their desires and that they live in a universe that supports them, mm. that they are supported because I got to experience that the moment I got out of my own way mm. and the way, the moment I trusted flow. Hey, the state of flow, right? Yeah, totally. That's really awesome. I, I really appreciate that. And, and, and um, so if you were to boil that whole story down to a message that you could tell people who are listening, what, what would your message be for them? You know, really intense questions. Yeah, right? man. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would say that your mess is your message. And I would say to lean into your discomforts and to trust the process. And once again, back to analogy, I would invite you to picture that if you went up to the ocean and you had a cup and you filled that cup with seawater, you wouldn't sit there and tell me, oh, okay, the water in the cup is less ocean than the ocean. You would simply tell me that it's a smaller measure of the sea. Mm. And what I would assert is that you are that cup. You are a smaller vision, a smaller measure of divinity and holiness. Um, and you are the universe experiencing yourself. So approach yourself with compassion, with reverence, with respect, because you are worthy of it. And your relationship with yourself sets the tone for all other relationships, including your relationship with life. And you get to have a life that feels good and your heart desires aren't there to torment you. They're there to guide you and call, or call you into a higher consciousness. So don't resist what shows up. Notice it, heal, take yourself on. What you will discover is wealth, not scarcity, not rejection. What I hold is that you are a mountain of gold begging for change. Like look within and find the wealth. Man, everything that you say just like smacks my soul in the face. <laughs> <laughs> the way that you say it is so poetic and, and the it's words, you just totally like land it and like, 
on the exterior, I'm calm. On the interior, my soul's like, psh, ah, psh, ah. <laughs> I'm hearing your message. So hopefully you guys uh, can receive that message. Um, I think that, that would, there were many layers to that. So many things came up during that that I wanted to speak into. But each time you continued, it, mm. my mind kept going and I got nothing. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. So listen, take her, take that message with you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, you know, one thing that you, know, you mentioned, too, is, you know, that your mess is the message. Um, and I know that you mentioned a little bit about shadow work. And so I wanted to maybe bring up, you know, when we see a repeating pattern or, or an occurrence, a pr- it's like the same problem over and over again. And we're like, dude, I thought I moved past this. Okay. And, and I kind of know that this is a relevant conversation, but for people who don't understand how that works, what's operating there? Why does that happen for us? Okay. So the first is understanding implicit beliefs. Um, if you haven't seen the movie Inside Out, go watch it because it's such a thoughtful okay. representation of our subconscious mind. So I got to show you something after this <laughs> podcast because I, I created a proposal, video proposal with that same concept <laughs> literally a week or two before that movie came out. I was so mad. Oh, my God. You know I was so mad. I got beat. <laughs> to the punchline by Hollywood. Well, it's super thoughtful. And it's about understanding that our implicit beliefs are like putting on a pair of sunglasses that are tainted green. Everywhere you look, you're going to see shades of green. So the first is understanding our beliefs. Like really notice what comes up. Um, I just went on a brain fart. Remind me of your question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When the repeated pattern keeps popping up. So it's getting that that belief is being recreated over and over and over again. My first advice is for you to let go of resisting it and making it bad and wrong. Mm. So if you've had the same uh, a variation of the same partner three times now and you're like, why the hell do I continue to recreate this? What doesn't work is beating yourself up mm-hmm. because frankly, that's what's creating the pattern that you're trying to avoid. Getting to the root of the wound is crucial because... Again, if the belief is I'm not enough, guess what you're going to create? Partners who reinforce the belief that you're not enough. And here's Mm. the kicker. that the same part of our brain that's stimulated by romantic relationship is the same part of our brain that's stimulated by the parent-child relationship. Mm. So it means that when we are in intimate romantic relationship, we are bringing up the unresolved childhood conversations that were created when we were a child in relationship to our parents. And this is what I mean by implicit beliefs. Can you say that one more time? Because that was powerful. Okay. So the same part of our brain that is stimulated by romantic relationship is the same cortex that's stimulated by the parent-child relationship. That means that when we are in romantic relationship as adults, we are bringing up unresolved conversations that were created when we were children in relationship to our parents. Is that Freudian? Theories? Honestly, I'm not. I, I don't know if it's Freudian. Got it. That's um, that's powerful stuff, though. I didn't actually realize that that was a scientific thing. Like I knew it was a theory of like you know the way that our parents and marry our father, the Odyssey, or whatever. Um, the Oedipus, Oedipus um, complex, yeah. right? Um, interesting. So continue. Um, so it get that the repeated pattern is feedback. It's actually your subconscious mind communicating with you and making you aware of the belief that you're holding. So don't resist the message that you're receiving. If your partner makes you feel unsafe, if the partner makes you feel not enough, that's precisely the belief that you get to shift 
using the tools that we've been speaking about. And it's getting that transformation doesn't happen through criticism. Transformation happens through compassion. Mm. So accessing compassion for yourself as you become aware of these beliefs, because now we're talking about you essentially reparenting the inner child. Mm. So the inner child is what I mean by this shadow integration. It, it represents the part of us that has suffered. Mm. And it's usually the beliefs as children that we make up around trauma, abuse, uh, rejection, and it doesn't need to be a huge experience for us to create those limiting beliefs. Usually they're inherited trauma from our parents. Mm. For example, if a mom was abused sexually, now her daughter is wearing really short shorts and her mom instills her fear into the daughter by going, oh my God, put some pants on. You don't want men to see you that way. In that moment, trauma is being passed down to the daughter who hasn't experienced any kind of abuse, mm -hmm. but now is linking fear to her sexuality and her body. Mm. So it's getting that we're also carrying within our subconscious the limiting beliefs of our parents. Mm. Again, back to the statement of the way you speak to your children becomes their inner voice. This is not to make our parents wrong. Right. It's for us to get that we've outgrown that trauma. It's right. not relevant to us anymore. Different generation, different totally. time and age. And it doesn't support us. It limits us now. Right, right. So become aware of the belief. And honestly, for changing behavior, I would say look up some mindfulness support, look up some cognitive behavioral support because awesome. it is a relearning of how to communicate, coping mechanisms, etc. So now here's my, uh, I guess, follow up or where my mind goes with that. Like, let's say I'm in a long term relationship and I found uh, a woman or a partner that reinforces my belief system that I'm not enough. So now I'm in a relationship with a partner that says that reinforces I'm not enough conversation. I do some self development work, I shift my beliefs in my internal conversations. Now I have a problem relating to my spouse or my partner in some way because now where they op are operating from currently is now against where I've shifted. So how would those people cope or reconcile that? Uh, so I've got to say that it's going to be unique to every experience. And if you have a partner who's also willing to do the work, there's hope and there's possibility I love because that. learning to love your partner's inner child and that inner wound is a love language hmm. and getting that we usually attract our perfect mirror. So it means that our partner becomes our greatest teacher. And so it, they show up as precisely the part of us that we get to love into and heal. Hmm. So if it's a partner who's also in the journey of mindfulness, I'd say work at it together. Hmm. Learn to communicate thoughtfully. Beneath every complaint, there is a request. I'm going to say that again, beneath every complaint, there's a request, communicate with your partner, ask yourself after every breakdown and argument, okay, what worked from that? What didn't moving forward? What do we get to add to communication so that this is more effective? Like you, there is possibility and hope in that. That said, if you have a partner who's not willing to do the work, then yes, usually we shift out of that relationship mm -hmm. because it served its purpose in our life and you're complete. And it doesn't serve you to keep remain small. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's perfect that you, I just wanted to bring that up because when I was in trainer development program, um, you know, we had to create a thesis and all this. And, and my thesis, I wrote it uh, and I created a vocabulary term called transformational dissonance, which essentially is, you know, when I experienced my transformation, 
I now felt a jarring uh, disconnection between me and uh, all of my old relationships and the way that we kind of related. Like it was, it was almost like there was this huge resistance. There was a lot of like, you're weird and different now, you know, and you weren't like that and I don't like it. And it's like, but I'm happier than I've ever been. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's so important for us to have a, a strong, healthy relationship with ourselves, because you holding yourself in a space of self-trust allowed you to discern, Hey, these relationships aren't supporting my vision. Mm -hmm. They aren't supporting my growth and they're not compatible with the space that I'm in now. Mm -hmm. Someone who didn't have their, that awareness would remain in friendships that make them feel small, right. unsupported. Right. Um, so the power of mindfulness, the power of self-worth, the power of self-respect. Um, I wish that I, I could offer a visual, but here's the way that I have it. Here's the way that, that I understand it. Our vibration is what attracts our relationships. In other words, we attract what we are, not what we are not. Mm -hmm. So if I believe that I'm not enough, I'm probably going to attract people into my experience who hold that same belief. Right. Right. And so the more that I work on myself, that means that we have the same vibrational point when we meet. If I'm constantly doing the mindfulness work, doing introspection, shifting my beliefs, deepening self-trust, that means that my energy begins to rise. And this is also measurable because emotions like shame have an incredibly low energetic frequency as opposed to peace. Mm -hmm. So if you are holding yourself in shame and guilt, your energy remains low. Mm -hmm. You attract people on that vibration. If you're moving into peace, self-trust, your energy rises. Now you're talking about two incompatible energetic spaces. Mm -hmm. Not that one is better and the other is wrong. It just means that now you're on two different wavelengths. It just doesn't, it's yep. not compatible. It's not, a, yep. it's not a right or wrong moral or ethical conversation. It's simply like An a cactus doesn't grow underneath the water, the surface of the water, right? It grows in the desert. So mm -hmm. it's simply that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, I think that was super insightful. Super appreciate appreciate all the insight. I'm sitting here like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Learning so much, even as the host, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so uh, what I, I definitely want to presence that we're kind of uh, coming down to the last um, little bit of our podcast. Um, and so I, I, I want to start, I guess, bringing our awareness to you like you know if we have listeners out there who um just find you to be as fascinating as i find you to be um how could they get in touch with you what are you up to what are you offering what services or, or things do you do like tell them a little bit more but like personalize it for them so they can sure. get with you so definitely check out the website debbymagic.com because you're gonna find everything else that i'm gonna explain there I would also invite you to follow Instagram, Facebook, Debbie Magic. If you want to get a little more personal, email me, support at DebbieMagic.com. Um, as far as the work that I do, let me talk about free resources, free resources, free resources. Like check out the, the pages that I just offered because I'm constantly giving free resources from hypnosis to talks to mindfulness events to giveaways like it is rich with support so the conversation of i'm not supported does not apply here because it's all free and it's all available to you and you can do it at home including with modules so go check it out as far as the work i do mind body spirit i work with the subconscious mind to recreate your beliefs 
I work through Reiki and energy work, which just means that the, those beliefs carry an energy and you carry that energy in your body. I work with the body to clear and release that. And then I'm also, so it impacts the physiology. So anything from Reiki to hypnosis to theta healing, that's my world. Like so, anything in that realm, lean in. So subconscious mind, shifting beliefs that affect physiology. Mm -hmm. So like you can, after this episode, subconscious shift me so that I can teleport and fly like a superhero. <laughs> Um, I can get you to close your eyes and please. believe that you're teleporting and flying. Please, 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 please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I'm also trying to, to master the art of um, levitation. Okay. <laughs> as soon as I do, I will let you know. Please do. Please do. Let me know what book I got to read. Um, okay. Well, I, that's awesome. So if you guys heard that, um, you heard her info, how to contact her, how to find out more information. She's got a lot of free resources. And again, she works uh, hypnotherapy, subconscious mind, um, and she can give you more of that. So if you're interested in, in anything that we spoke about today, please reach out. You can even reach out to me directly, Visionary Living, and I stay in close contact and communication with all of my past guests. Um, and I also support them in what they're up to. So as you move forward, stay in contact with me in any way that I can support you. Please let me know. Um, additionally, I just wanted to bring it back to our sponsor, To Fear From Love, a webinar curriculum, 10 weeks, uh, and it's uh, diving into the mind in the dichotomy of fear and love. Um, and then uh, Visionary Living, which is this podcast that you're listening to right here. It's a podcast designed to inspire you to live out of a vision um, and to create your life with power. Um, and this podcast is dedicated in loving memory to Brenda Rivera, who is my mom, who passed away when I was uh, 13. And this is my way of, of having her live on and her memory live on and, and through me. So thank you guys for listening. Anything you want to say last before we close? Um, my gosh, that is such a, I could talk for hours. Just know you are loved. You are supported. You live in a universe that is kind and you are everything that you need to create the transformation you desire. Thank you. And, and thank you, Debbie.